0: Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training,
1: sir! Welcome to episode 130 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. In this week's episode... Drew and Sam get to pay off a teaser from last week and talk about staggered in times. And now the show. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm
0: Sam with (laughs) Bowser Consulting, enjoying smooth talk, Drew.
1: Smooth jazz, Drew. Smooth jazz, Drew. And now on with the show. So,
0: Drew, it's episode 130. We teased in the last episode about scheduling specifically. We're going to have a discussion today. About staggering people in and out. Since I kind of requested that we talked about this because I wanted to hear what you had to say, I guess the easiest way for me to hear what you have to say is for me to shut my mouth.
1: All right. So let's start with a little history lesson. For years, I was on the corporate side teaching uh, managers and supervisors how to build schedules and around the building of the schedule is following your labor scheduler and not having any green or red, which means scheduling to 15 minute increments. Yes. Great, we're gonna schedule the 15 minute increments. And I'm paying, in this case, I'm paying more attention to my need than to what my team members can, right? And the philosophy was always start with Friday and Saturday, work your busiest days backwards, right? But I'm not really paying attention to when Sam Fowser clocks in other than I have green, so it's 4.15 today, it's 4.45 tomorrow, it's 3.30 on Tuesday, it's 5 p.m. on Friday. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm moving around because I need to save labor. And so I'm going to save labor by staggering the times in the now. Now, here we are, episode 130. We have read dozens of leadership books. We have talked to fabulous leaders in and out of the industry. And friend of the show, John Bacon, talks about being patient with what, Sam?
0: Patient with results, but not effort.
1: Effort. We read atomic uh, habits about building good habits and about how to restructure the brain and and how we are all habits. Like everything we do is a habit. Your brain wants to be a habit. So we're going to build a schedule where you as the team member who I care about, who you're on my team, who I think of you as my second family. I'm not going to let you build a habit around one to show up. I'm going to look at you and say, why don't you know how bad traffic is at 3.30 or when the school's let out at 2.30, when every day you're in time varies wildly. Okay.
0: I'm with you so far.
1: You and I both worked at the uh, World Resource Center for a while. We did. Uh, I can tell you from where I live, if I left my house at 7 o'clock, I would roll into work at 7.25. If I left my house at 7.20, I would roll into work at 8.30.
0: Correct. Same with my house. Seems there were some big yellow obstacles, especially during school.
1: Correct. Now, I knew this and I could schedule my days accordingly, generally speaking. There was always the one time a year where there'd be like some crazy wreck, right? Whatever. When we start to stagger our team in, we're messing with their habits. We're messing with how they plan their day. We're messing with what they do when they're not at work. and. If they ask for it, hey, I can do after four o'clock Monday through Friday, but I can do uh, open 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. I'm kind of okay with that, but I wanna let my team build the habit and get comfortable coming in at the correct time. And okay. if, if it means instead of 4.15, it's four o'clock and it's always four o'clock, then I just have to cut that 15 minutes at the end. And I can find a way to cut that 15 minutes because I don't think anybody cares about when they leave within a 15 minute mark, especially if they're not there like full time. Right. Even if they are there full time, everybody has that moment where they're just like, hey, it's not really busy. Can I go?
0: I'm seeing a slight change in that. I'm seeing that and not all team members. I mean, anytime you say all or everyone or everybody, you're painting with a really broad brush. I'm seeing more and more team members want to stick to their schedule and less and less team members are paying attention to the business and just doing what needs to be done for the team. And it, I think there's, there's two reasons for that. The first reason is exactly what you're alluding to. People like to have, have a habit. They like to be able to know when, when they're going to work and when they're not going to work. And I think the bigger issue is that our leaders are so afraid of people quitting if they ask them for anything that they're not communicating to them and they're not trying to create those mutually beneficial relationships and saying hey man it's really slow you're not going to take any runs you want to get out of here or you got time to take one more run and make another 10 bucks you got time to take more one you got time to take more one more run and i think they're approaching it wrong
1: and, and and I totally want them to have that conversation at the end of the nu- at the end of the shift every time. So back to the,
0: the staggering, because I'm I'm still I still have two feet planted firmly on the fence. What if instead of staggering the, the team members, we continued to stagger the team without staggering the team members?
1: No, I'm good with that. I am way good with that.
0: Yeah. So. So Bob's starting time is 4.15 and Joe's starting time is 4 and Alice's starting time is 4.30. I think if you throw them all in a blender and one day they start at 4 and one day they start at 4.15 and one day they start at 4.30, you're setting them up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failures. You're setting your customers up for bad experiences.
1: If I may then, if I'm the manager, I want to do staggered times. And if I'm a team member, I don't want to know about staggered times. Yeah. Let's look at it that way. And I'm I'm way good with that.
0: I think that makes scheduling, it, it adds another wrinkle to it that makes it a little bit more difficult. But I think the wrinkle that it adds and the difficulty that it adds is far more palatable than team members coming in late and you getting behind in the rush from the get-go.
1: So that's the other side where this comes in is I've gotten to this place where, like, hey, it starts right at five o'clock. So the driver's coming in at 5.15 is okay because the stuff is just coming out of the oven. But that requires the driver to be on the clock and ready for that delivery at 515. And that's just not happening. I am getting more and more to a place of if if the scheduler says I need four at five o'clock and six at five 30, then having six at five isn't the worst thing in the world because I can stay ahead. And to your point, I can then have that conversation at the end of the rest of the day. We're all cut up there. No more runs. You want to go 20 minutes early.
0: Yeah. I hear where you're going with that. And there's, there's certainly a touch of reality in that technique. You know, I think back to a couple of episodes ago where we talked about culture. I think one of the first things you have to do when you're building a culture is is make sure that your team can execute the things that take no talent. And I think I would pretty firmly label being on time as something that takes no talent. And I think if we, if we schedule, this is what I think that turns into. And, and I don't know, like I said, I'm open for discussion and I'm not going to, to say you're wrong, but this is what I think that that scheduling turns into. It's like the people that set their clocks ahead by five minutes and think that's going to make them be on time. Sooner or later, you know, your clock is ahead five minutes and you revert back to your to your habits. And we've got to make sure that our team members know that they need to be on time.
1: This is less about the on time piece of it and more about, I want to stay ahead. I'm with you. Because, because if I'm cutting my labor to the point where like, like, Yep. The stuff is in the oven and the drivers need to be here at 515. That also means I am one extra order away from being behind.
0: Correct. Yeah. I think that's, I think that razor fine point scheduling is silly.
1: Correct. It has the twofold. Just to be, just to be negative for a minute. I can't think of the, I can't think of a visit I've had where everybody's shown up on time.
0: I, I mean, to me, that's a giant can of worms that we'll probably jump into.
1: But it's why you and I keep going back to expectations.
0: Exactly. Does that have to do with today's team members or does that have more to do with today's leaders? And I would... No, oh, it's, it's the leader. That's what I would say. It's the leader. So I think as a leader, if you're already at a point where you're not holding your team accountable to your expectations or you haven't set expectations about being on time, if you start scheduling with some padding, then you're saying, I know you're going to be late and that's okay. And team members don't know the difference between five minutes late, 10 minutes late, and 30 minutes late. And they just say, well, you know, he schedules that way and he just knows we're going to be late.
1: Because nobody talks about it. Nobody mentions it. Right. And or to what we talked about in the last episode, I scheduled you at five o'clock, even though you don't get off your other job till 530. Well, that's just dumb. Correct. But it's still the fault of the leader. Yes. So we agree on that. Correct. We're, we're putting we're putting things. I'm not I'm not blaming the team here. I'm saying that we have an opportunity as as leaders to. To change the dynamic quickly and and we can go back to the last episode, talk about mutually beneficial relationships and whatever their perfect schedule is. But but, Sam, if 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 you want in at four o'clock, then then you've got that four o'clock dash across the board. And I'll put you in at four o'clock. And on the days I don't need you at four o'clock, that might be your day off. Yeah, I can live with that. I'm picking up what you're laying down. And the only time I'm going to deviate from your four o'clock is because it's Super Bowl. It's Halloween. I'm going to deviate on whatever Christmas Eve on the big holidays. I'm going to deviate and you're going to know about it weeks ahead of time.
0: And that's the thing right there. I'm glad you said that. The deviation can only come as long as it's accompanied with communication. Otherwise, the team member listen, the team member doesn't know that Halloween is one of the busiest days at Domino's Pizza. They know it's another Wednesday or another Thursday or whatever day Halloween falls on that year.
1: And if it's their first Halloween, man, they have no idea what they're getting into.
0: Especially if the manager has a communication issue. I mean so many, so many things. It's like
1: Super Bowl, right? Like like here we are uh right after Super Bowl. I'm not even in a store and I can tell you exactly when you got busy. I can tell you, and by the way, it's all East coast time, because even if you're out West coast, the the rush happens at the exact same time. It's the only day of the year where this happens. Right. But 90 minutes before kickoff, your rush starts. 15 minutes after kickoff, your rush ends completely. There is no halftime rush. There is no post game rush. Years and years of doing this. Millions of data points from corporate. Every store functions the same way. And there were times where we thought it would be different. And I remember going into markets where the Super Bowl was in Arizona and I flew in Arizona to work stores and it didn't matter. 90 minutes before kickoff, 15 minutes after, I was a rush.
0: Yeah, that particular sporting event is less of a sporting event and more of an event. It's just an event. And if your team was in it and your team won, Congratulations. But Drew is exactly right. I mean, likely stores in the home markets of the two teams that were playing may have seen a small difference, but not an exceptional difference.
1: And and you and I have done Super Bowl episodes before because we talked about if you can prep like that today, why can't you prep like that all the time? Right. We are focused and we're communicating and we're doing the little things that that create the result at the end. And here we are talking about like staggered in times when it's all the same piece of the puzzle, right? If you succeeded on Super Bowl Sunday, it's because you communicated with your team, you set expectations with your team, everybody knew the part they played that day and how important they were for success at the end of it. And you can do a microcosm of that every day and achieve some level of success.
0: Yeah, I would take it a step further. I would say that the teams that knocked it out of the park for Super Bowl are the teams that are going to knock it out of the park tonight on Monday or tonight or tomorrow night on Tuesday. And that goes for the teams that were in the Super Bowl. The teams that got there, they planned, they had a game plan. Everybody knew what their role was. You know, the the teams that didn't make it, there was probably some indecision or some infighting or, you know, who's going to be the quarterback next year, who's going to be the coach <laughs> next year. And <laughs> all these kinds of things. Yeah, it's going to jet. Yeah. That's gonna jet, or or as I saw on so, Facebook when, you know, we're recording this on the fifteenth, the day after the first round of the playoffs, or the day of because there was snow. Um, you know, a lot of Browns fans were eh, same old Browns because they did what they've always done. You know, when it comes to leadership, I would guess. You
1: know what though, I I look at it different because the Browns got there, they did, and that's not something they normally do. The Cowboys got there, and it's something they normally do. And then the result was something that normally happened.
0: So you got to wonder so, by the time that this episode drops, is Bill Belichick, the new coach of the Dallas Cowboys? You would imagine if I if, were uh, Jerry Joe. He probably
1: had to rent an extra Brinks truck. Back to our staggered end times. <laughs> Last episode, I said the phrase, putting the moment over the person. Yes. and And I think it falls into this as well. As a manager, and I want to clarify my position because I realize now I was not clear. As a manager, you should build your schedule with staggered in time. Oh, good. Okay. Your team should not know that.
0: Yes, your team should know their schedule.
1: Correct. Sam is Sam is in at four p.m. five days a week. Drew is in at three forty-five five days a week.
0: And the best chance, the best way to set your team up for success is to make sure that their schedule is consistent. They don't have to worry about the other seven drivers that are coming in at different times of the day. They only need to know about their time. We are officially on the same page.
1: A controversial subject starting, ending, with joyful notes of happiness.
0: Okay, so I'm going to wrap this puppy up and I'm going to give a moral to the story. And you may or may not like the moral. So the staggered in for team members individually bad, staggered in for team good. So individual drivers, if we want them to show up on time, we should build something where they can build a habit where their daily routine is the same because they know every day they show up at 4 or they show up at 4:15 or whatever it is. This will add a little extra planning to our schedule making, but it should add some better results. So Drew and I totally agree with uh, staggering your team, but not staggering your team members. Now, here's the moral of the story when it comes to leadership and communication. The reason that we decided to go down this road was because in the last episode, when we touched on it, Drew said he was having a challenge with staggering in times, and I immediately went to something that he wasn't talking about. So now that we've talked
1: through it like grown adults, I clearly did not communicate this clearly enough, which was cool, though, because, you know, it's a podcast and occasionally you have to drop a controversial topic to get people to, you know.
0: Yeah, there it goes. So it was either a direct or an indirect tease to to get into this. But I think the big takeaway is the importance of communication. And when we communicate as leaders, we know exactly what it is we're trying to say because we're trying to say it. That is not the key to great communication. The listener has to understand what you're picking up and laying down.
1: I mean, I'm a huge fan of it. It works for me.
0: Nice. Well, take us out, dude. Episode 130 in the
1: books. 130 times you and I have gotten together to talk, expectations, and communication, and leadership, and occasionally Drew and Sam talk training if you haven't have not done so already like us follow us subscribe, share it with your friends because when you share it it matters more than when Sam and I share it as he has said this was episode 130 I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting
0: and I am Sam with Bowser Consulting gang go out tonight sell more pizza and
1: have more fun
0: That's all, folks.